Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Inner Consciousness. I am your host, Reverend Harvey L. Bailey, and tonight, tonight we are looking for a spiritual solution to the problem facing black men. Tonight I've got three guests on, and we're going to talk about the situations that we are seeing in our world. Now, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I believe that what we see in the world is basically an illusion. You know, we are all one. We are God. And so what we see or perceive to see on the outside is a part of what's going on on the inside. But even with that said, there is some, at least in this world, reality to the things that's going on in the black community. There's no denying that the black community has changed over the decades, that the black family is starting to erode away. Where are the fathers? And in some homes, where are the mothers? Men are now taking care of the children without a mother. The streets have become far more dangerous. It's not safe to send your kids to the corner store just to pick something up. So times have changed. Things have changed. What's going on? Well, tonight we're going to talk about a spiritual solution. We don't need to just discuss the problems because you've heard them all. The news do a very good job of taking you to the hood and showing you the downside. They don't show you that there's some good going on out there, and they don't give you an idea or an inkling of an idea that there's something that can be done, that we do not have to be a lost generation, that we do not have to eliminate outside, that genocide is not the only way for us, that there is a way back, and that way lies within. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you tonight my guest, Mr. Andre Wilkerson, Mr. King Teasdale, and Mr. Ernest Martin. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm doing well. Blessed. Very well. All right. So I want to start off by talking about the black family. What's going on with the black family? What's going on with there being a husband and a wife both in the house and doing their best to raise their kids, the next generation, to be better than the current generation? But before I do that, I want to say I'm getting some back. Uh, some some feedback on one of the phones out there. If you could, if you've got noise or music or something in the background, could you turn that down, please? All right. So, again, I asked that question. What's going on? What's happened to the black family over the decades? Where are the husbands? Where are the wives? Where are the families working together to create a better generation? Gentlemen? Oh, Carly, let me also mention that um, sometimes if the people who are on the call have 
speakerphone, you'll get feedback or reverberation as well. So um, you may want people to put their phone um, maybe on mute when they're not talking and or just uh, get off the speakerphone. Well, let me ask, is anyone on speakerphone? I was. I just took my Bluetooth off. Okay. Does this seem to help? Well, it seems clear now. Yeah. Okay. It All right. So, okay. So let's go on, gentlemen. Let's get into this. Anybody want to talk about this? What's going on? Okay. I this is Ernest. Um hey, Ernest. I am um, I I was married for 16 years. Um I married for love. <laughs> and for the for you know just raising my family and having that unit. Um that's to me what I equate to love to be is the same type of love that God has for us. Is that we are his family, and so family to me is very, very important. Um, I can say for this that, despite the fact that I felt that I did everything I could to try to propagate um, an atmosphere of spiritual togetherness and harmony and unity in my family, the it's not just one person. I mean, it takes two to tango. And so if you're with someone and the other person is not on the same accord or the same page or the same uh, path as you are, or even similar paths, it makes it very difficult to try to uh, make what you feel is an ideal situation even better if the other person is not on the same page, is which is what happened to me. The you know my ex-wife decided that she was it was I was putting on too many demands. She didn't want to uh, cook all the time. She didn't want me to you know certain things that was going on. And then of course the biggest thing was that spiritually we were divided because even though we started out going to church together, I kept going and she stopped going. Then she got a job working on Sundays and that was like, this is all she wrote. So her, so Ernie, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Ernie, because, and I hear your story, but let's take this out to what's going on in the, in the neighborhoods. So are you saying that the problem that we're having in the black communities with families is that families aren't evenly yoked? It's hard to find, you know, the right mate. Are we settling? What's going on? I mean, you had a situation where you were with someone who wasn't right for you. What do you then do? You know, what was the problem there and how do you fix that problem? How do you move on and make the situation better? What do we do about the children that get caught up in this? That's well, just, that's a very good question. <laughs> very good question. Um, I I myself uh, don't have all the answers. I wish I did because if I did, mm-hmm. I think my relationship and my marriage and my family would still be together to this day. Um, I can say that I have taken responsibility for my actions in this, mm-hmm. and I am still being responsible when it comes to my children. Um, I love them and they love me and it's I just I just left my daughter like fifteen minutes ago. Um so 
to answer your question, I think the family itself is falling apart. And I, I, I hear in the back of my mind, like old scripture, when I was going to Baptist churches, uh, where they were talking about how to, you know, a family that prays together, stays together, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. I believe that if you do, if you're on the, on the same accord and that you have the same passions and similar interests and motivations um, and intentions, then it can work. I don't believe that it is doomed for failure, but... Again, okay. there has to be a concerted effort on both people's part, both parents, to make this work. Okay. And Andre, let me hear from case, you, man, because you're making it work. Tell us what's going on with you and how you're doing it. <laughs> well, uh, first and foremost, I want to I wanna definitely say um, the uh, accountability to your to who you are as a as a man, as a woman, black, white, Puerto Rican, Asian, doesn't matter. But the relationship, starting with that individual first, um, and I can really speak to this even from a child perspective. Um, growing up, my background, I grew up in East Baltimore, Chapel Street, which isn't there anymore, and, you know, whole uh, East Baltimore area. But I am now married, been married for three years uh, as of January 26th. Um, what makes it work for me is my relationship first that I can share with the family that God has given me to be the head over. Um, loving my wife, it helps me to understand how God loves us because it is scripturally tied. Um, husbands love our wives as Jesus Christ loves the church. Christ took on a lot. I mean, here we are in the middle. There's no coincidence that this topic comes up and the, the discussion comes up in the middle of Holy Week. This this is a this is a great week. This is a tremendous process that Christ God went through in this time to get us to where we are, even until to, today. Even the the biggest thing is is creating the relationship with 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 God. The second thing is creating the relationship with that spouse that you that you're with. When you can identify and connect that you have this great relationship with God and this great relationship with this woman that that is that is your wife. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, and favor from the Lord shall be added unto him. When we when we, enter, when we figure that out as men. And especially as black men, we have something great. The, I think the problem had been we didn't know what to do with it. We weren't mm. educated on it. And many people say that, oh, they didn't write a book on how to be a good father or they didn't write a book on how to be a good husband. But, oh, contrary to what we believe and what we want to think, that, again, it's not the accountability. As the gentleman said, um, I have to – I have taken accountability for what I've done. And the accountability falls in our relationship. It still has to come back to the Father. All things work together for good for them who love the Lord. So if we really believe this, if we really are entering to this covenant with God, that means everything, disastrous, good, ups, downs, it was all orchestrated by him. So we need to go back to the Father to understand why we are in this turn or uh, and down this road at our point in, in that life. So here's what happened. Right. And Andre, I want to stop about... you right there. I want to stop you right Go there because I want to bring King in. King, Andre said something just a little ways back that I want to bring bring you in to talk about. It, Andre said 
uh, about not having a book. We had something. We being, you know, black men had something, and we didn't know what to do with it because there was no book. You know, there was no manual. There was, in many of our cases, there was no older representative. You know, there was no role model in a lot of our houses. King, I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on that and, you know, the black family, where it was and where it is today and where it should be getting back to or where we would like it to get back to? The black family is unaware of its power and they are unaware of their identity as to who they are on a global scale. I say that because culture is a very formative element in the development of a people as a whole. And our culture has been interrupted um, mm. by so many things. And what we're dealing with, we're dealing with a, a, a situation that has to be dealt with at so many varying levels. It can become or appear to become rather staggering. But the truth is we have to approach it and deal with it to the best of our ability because we have already been given the ability to do so. How do we do that? First, by recognizing that all of life in and of itself is built on relationships. And Mm -hmm. in order to recognize the power of relationship, you have to reconnect with understanding that the builder of relationships is whom you must build your relationship with first so that the builder of relationships can build your relationships. What I'm speaking about is I'm speaking about the power of God, the strength and power that is inside of each one of us has to be connected and stay connected to the understanding that the Father, which goes by many names, manifests and orchestrates what is necessary in our lives to bring ourselves to that place of responsibility and accountability for each and every situation going on in our lives. Because many people don't recognize and understand that every human being is a three-part being, spirit, soul, and the flesh. And we have to try to balance those three entities which is actually one, but we have such a problem with that, we don't clearly understand how, because of so many influences, because we've assimilated into so much of what uh, European culture and whatever culture that may be out there um, has thrown our way, when in actuality the African-American is actually... Africans in America because we truly are the original man and woman of the earth and the founders of civilization. So as my brother spoke earlier, he said that there has not been a book written on exactly how to handle these situations. But stay mindful that anything that is made, anything that is developed, always has a manual, some kind of way, some kind of how. Now, God is not stupid. 
and people mm-hmm. like to play the role as though he is. Now, if the, the original man and woman of the earth and the founders of civilization has been disconnected from their roots, from their ancestors, it's because there's something that has happened that is trying to deliberately disconnect us from bringing forth the truth of what the blueprints are all about. And that understanding is what we need to reach back, capture, and bring to the forefront so that our children can better understand what's happening, so that they can feel better rooted. Because some people say um, that uh, slavery is, you know, a part of our history. But I I, I stand on what um, our brother... Um, Muta Baruka says, he says, slavery is not African history. Slavery interrupted African history. Okay. And, King, I want to stop you right there because I want to go back to Andre. Andre, I want to ask you this, and this is piggybacking on, you know, what we've heard from King. There is obviously a way, okay? And so we have lost our way. How do you speak to the young man on the corner getting his hustle on? How do you speak to the young man out there who's been in and out of jail since he was a teenager and he's in animal mode, he's in survival mode, you know, he's all about getting his and there's no concept of how precious life is. And so he's acting out that way. How do you get him to get in touch with the God within him? Because just because he's acting this way does not mean God is not still in him. God is in every one of us. So how do you reach that brother? What's the solution? How do we get to him, Andre? Well, that number one solution is, is, like you said, we have to get him to identify what is within himself, and he has to, in getting and doing that, is to help him to understand who he belongs to and who he is. God is with us. God is omnipresent. God is God is everywhere at the same time. So, in in communicating with the brother that feels as though that he has to sell drugs to to support his family, the one that feels like he has to rob and kill just to support or just to support himself, you have to help him to find his purpose. But you won't find his purpose until you you help him find his relationship with God. And then only in God um, we can find our purpose because only in God that lies our destiny. And that's the only thing. That that is the main thing. Now, bridging that gap is we have to spend time with anything that you're building, you have to spend time time on doing that. I mean, we, it's not the gentleman that's on the corner with the bullhorn or and 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 preaching and teaching and screaming. From that aspect, we have to what Christ did. He met the people where they were. When he went into his own kind and they accepted him not, then everybody else that came along that would accept him, he gave. He did. He opened up the grace, he opened up the mercy to the world at that point because it, it was a free-for-all for anybody who would come and accept him and accept his way. So getting that young man to understand that, he can find then his identity and begin to build that relationship with God that would allow him to um, 
go from the milk of the word of God to the meat, and that's that that's a whole other thing within itself because piggybacking on just a little bit on the family structure, we have gotten to a place some some of us and we we're, we're comfortable and we have learned how to deal with the single moms and the single moms have learned how to do this for so long on their own to there is in their mindset there is no place for the man that to have in the house. So at that point we have to understand as men as we're pulling in all the brothers from all aspects because all the pieces matter whether I've never been incarcerated at all in my life and you have, there's nothing greater about you than it is about me because we are all on the same team. We are all a part of the same body because that's that's the purpose of this relationship. That's the purpose of God bringing us together and us learning how to not cope, not deal, not put up with, but coexist and thrive as one. So okay. you have to meet him where he is. You have to help him to identify his identity. You have to let him know what his name is and where he belongs, this society, and even connect it to you, and that helps him to get his relationship to connect to the Father. All right. Thank you, Dre. Hey, Ernie, look, I got yeah. to bring you in on this too, man. So what do you say? I mean, you, you've heard Andre, you've heard King, and, you know, they kind of really broke it down to what's going on. And we've talked about what we need to do to get to the brothers. What can you add to that? You know, meet people where they are. We know that. But let me just say this. If I'm, if I'm this cat who's on the street, and maybe I'm in my early 20s, you know, and you're trying to meet me where I am, what exactly does that look like? You know, I could be... I could be have gone through some things in my life. You know, I might have some physical scars to match with my emotional scars. And now I'm just out here and I'm doing whatever and I'm down for whatever, you know, but I'm not connected to anything yet. So I'm not a part of any family, so to speak, you know, so but but I'm out there. And because I'm out there, I'm, I'm fresh meat, you know. Any organization can come along and with the right rap and the right amount of dough, snatch me up, and I become a soldier in somebody else's group. What do you say? How do you get to that guy? And I got meet me where we are, but let's put it in plain terms. Let's say it so a fifth grader understands. What do you actually do? Talk to me, Ernie. Well, first of all, I feel like the best way to lead anyone is by Mm -hmm. your example. Okay. okay, so that said, first and foremost, if you are a man, a, a man of impeccability, your word is impeccable. If you are disciplined, however you got that way, you need to pass it on. You know, uh, it's about it's about teaching the young brothers, showing them through your example, showing them through us talking and us fellowshipping and us bringing the word to them, like where they are. You can't. You can't down them. You can't make them feel less than. You have to remind them of who they are. Uh, right now, I'm in the process of of starting a second book about um, spiritual supermen. We are, in a sense, spiritual supermen. We don't realize our own power, our own empowerment that we are walking around with. But that needs to be the thrust, the crux, the crux of what we are passing on to the younger brothers, not only just by talking it, but by walking it. 
That's the first and foremost because God is going to bless anything that you do in his name. Hello? Are you still yes. there? Oh, my bad. Sorry, I thought you had dropped out. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, you talk, when you're talking to someone, uh, young brother, I talk to people all the time. I don't, I'm not a reverend or a minister uh, per se, but I do realize that God has blessed me with a special calling on my life. And I've gone through the drugs. I've gone through, you know, the incarceration, you know, basically. But, you know, realizing, too, that everything that happens to you is your choice. It's about mm. realizing that you are you are directly in proportion to the, the consequences of your actions. This is not me saying this. This is the, this is the way it is. And you either have to accept that. If you don't, then you're choosing your path. And that's the path you choose. If that's what you, you're happy with, you know, whatever, whatever, then that's fine. But you know, we have to teach our younger brothers and sisters that we don't have to settle. That God does not want that for us. God wants to have an intimate relationship with us. So that our relationships with everyone who we come in contact with, from the person on the bus where we're going to work to, to, to that client that comes into your office to get work done. You know, we, we have a responsibility to everyone on the planet to be the best that we can be through who we are, who we say we are, and who we actually are. There has to be a parallel. Like uh, King said, we are mind, body, and spirit. We are not just physical. You know, we are all three. And so we must, it will behoove us to, to, to enhance and exercise all three of those muscles. I mean, if you never exercise those muscles of faith and honesty and trust, it has to start somewhere. Um, I think a lot of a lot more media needs to be put out about this stuff. You know, it mm-hmm. has to be it has to reach more people. You know, because right now having these forums and talks is fine. I mean, it definitely you know spurs the imagination, gets uh, processes going. You know, getting questions starting to be asked. But like my brother said, what if you go keep going to a a staff meeting at your job, and every week the same problems keep coming up because nobody takes the, the initiative to try to make change. It's mm-hmm. a vicious, and the 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 race consciousness is that it's so overwhelming that there's nothing that could be done. So the question is, how do you fight against race consciousness? <laughs> you know, but again, if you believe in the power of prayer, as I do, if you believe in the power of spirit. As I do, it, it, you know, I am a manifester. I am not simply uh, saying these things. I have my track record that speaks for itself. Not that I'm tooting my horn, but as Pastor says, who, who better could toot your own horn but you? <laughs> you know, we must be confident <clears throat> within ourselves. We must know ourselves. We must be honest with who we are. And who we are is not this flesh and blood container uh, that we're walking around in these, you know, physical spacesuits. We 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 are spirit. We are the essence of power. The the little piece of God within these suits. And so that's who we really are. And once we start to remember who we are, you know, we we knew who we were when we first came here, but the world enveloped us into its systems of uh, doing things like we're in the matrix almost. And it's unfortunate. But there is a second, there's a different side. There's the real side, and then there's this world. Which one are you going to, you know, you have to be shown. You have to show people that. 
I one of the things that I did last year I really uh, liked. I think it was two years ago. I had three uh, movie nights at our church, and the Fridays that I played was Matrix One, Matrix Part Two, and Matrix Part Three. These are very metaphysically based. Um, it teaches a lot of people. We, the Bible says, we my people suffer for lack of knowledge. Okay, we must educate ourselves. We must continually renew our minds. We must continually be that which we desire in the world. We can't talk about it. We have to be it. And that's my that's my solution. I mean, I believe that God has, you know, we have all power in our hands because we are co-creators of our own existence. That's not just for me, but that's for everyone who's listening to the sound of my voice. This is a fact. God has created all of us, and we are all his. We are the body. The body cannot exist without each other. One cell that is out of place throws the whole body off. You know, your chain is only as strong as the weakest link. I could go on and on and on. The, the point well, I'm, I'm not going to let you that, go on and on and on. But, yeah, yeah. Get, to, get to that, and we're going to go to a commercial. Okay. Thank you. No, go ahead. Get to your point, and then we're going to go to a commercial. Well, the point I'm trying to make is that we must empower our youth. These are this is our future. I believe that children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. We must leave a legacy that God has left us into our children because that's the next step. And we and we're in a generation right now. If you look at it from a biblical standpoint, where anything can happen. So we have to be on point. We have to be on point. I. I uh, we have to be on point, people. All right. Thank you, Ernie. Definitely. Now, we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to take a break here. But when we come back, we're going to talk about or we're going to address. So I'm going to put it out to you three guys. What are the three main problems facing black men today? We'll get to that right after this. Welcome to the Family Healing Circle, where we heal the mind, body, and soul. Join us every Monday for Totally Whole with Dr. Rosemary Cook and Pastor Bridget as they discuss issues related to spirituality and mental health with emphasis on wholeness of mind, body, and spirit. Get your money right Tuesdays on Money Matters with Chastity A. Wells. This show is the tool you need to develop a healthy relationship with your money and financial legacy. Every Thursday is a treat as we mix it up. On the first Thursday of the month, it's Total Empowerment with Angela Hart, where beauty and strength is enhanced inside and out. The second Thursday of the month is Relationship Talk, on One Love, One Connection, One Up, with Reverends Arlene Cahet and Harvey L. Bailey, as they give you practical advice for creating a spiritual union to have the relationship you want. Call in with your relationship questions. Calling all brothers on the third Thursday of the month, it's the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam. It's a show for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. When there is a fourth Thursday in the month, we have the Healing Paradigm with Reverend Arlene Cahet, healing the mind, body, and spirit 
through changing viewpoints. Every Friday, let's talk love, sex, and nutrition with sexual wellness coach Bondria Walters and sex enthusiast Nakia Lana. The hottest sexual health and wellness and nutrition show around. This is for the grown and sexy. Listen at your own risk. If you don't know, now you know. The Family Healing Circle on Blog Talk Radio, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's the best in entertainment, education, and talk radio. Hey friends, the Family Healing Circle has two new shows. You can join us every Wednesday night to hear from a nurse's perspective. If you're looking to live a more healthier, holistic life, then you want to join Stacy on From a Nurse's Perspective as Stacy Lamore every Wednesday night. And then on Sunday nights, Sunday nights, Make Me Feel It Radio with Stacy Ferguson. That's every Sunday night, Make Me Feel It Radio, where she goes out into the community and she intrigues you with all kinds of wonderful topics and great information. And if there's something that you need to know, she's got the answer for you. And if she don't, she has the resource to point you in the right direction. So stay here with us every night, 7 to 9 p.m. on the Family Healing Circle. All right, gentlemen, we are back. And so I want to put this out there, and any one of you can answer. So, you know, you don't have to wait for me to call on you. But what are the three main problems that you think the three main problems are facing the black community, particularly black men? One thing I think, um, as always, um, as a lesson within my own life is accountability um, within within ourselves, and not not accountability in a way to point the finger. Uh, using King as an example, uh, it's your fault for the reason why we are the way that we are. Or you, you know, we always look to blame someone, especially black men, for what goes on in my life or what goes wrong. It's it's always something else that is the reason why I am not where I feel as though that I should be. So number one, the accountability. Number two, the identity of who we are, I think is the biggest, the, the biggest problem. And, and three is the pride uh, because oftentimes we don't know how to, we, we don't know how to come back and, and that art that we had against our brother to say, Hey, look, King, I'm sorry for pointing you out or using you in this example, or or you know, let let's get to a common ground, let's get to the solution. You know, it was really my situation, it was really my 
um, choice that the reason why I'm in this predicament, but now I need your help, your wisdom as an elder to help me to get out of this. So we, we, a lot of us, especially the men, we got that pride thing. We got that ego thing. Nobody can tell me anything. I've I've been there. I've done that. I had the T-shirt. I gave it to Goodwill. You know, we, we, do, we go through and do these things, and now when we sit back and realize that it was no one else's fault but you, after the after the trial, after the tribulation, there's no one else's fault. And then as a community, it's the same thing. So, you know, it in that I think that's the core of the of, of the issues to answer the question. But the solution is is you know, through talks like this, through finding those deeper dimensions, through it in Christ, through finding those deeper dimensions in us and expecting God to pour more into us so that we can make it to the next level level and bring it back to one another and share it because the, the reality of it is this life is not just for I'm going to get mine and you can get yours however you need to get yours. Okay. And, Andre, before I move on to one of the other two brothers, and just so that the other two know so they can start to prepare for it, I'm going to do this with all three of y'all. I am going to play the devil's advocate, if you will. I'm going to play the opposition, and because I believe in value added. I don't want people to just listen to this and hear some brothers talking some wonderful stuff. So I am going to go into, you know, my alter ego, gangster hood me, <laughs> okay? And, and, and we're going to address those three issues, and, and I need you to give me your best to get me where we're going. Can we do that? Absolutely. I'm, All right. I'm, I'm so, the first one is accountability. Go ahead. <laughs> so the first one is accountability. Right. Here's our scenario. We at the barbershop, it's Saturday, I'm about to get my fresh cut. I'm in, you know, in my gear, I'm looking all sharp, but to me, this is my bummy gear, even though I've got on about $1,500 worth of clothes, tennis shoes, and some jewelry, all right? And so I'm in here, and you come in, and, you know, you sit next to me, and we talking. We just kicking it, right? And so you ask me some stuff, and I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I'm doing my thing, shorty. I'm doing my thing. What's up with you, right? And so we got this conversation going on, and I tell you that I just came home maybe three weeks ago from doing a bit. You know, it's all good, though, but I'm out there, and I'm handling my business. And so you inquire, well, what's my business? And I say, well, you know, I do some things. That's all. I do some things. And so let's kind of take it from there, okay? But in the conversation, what I said to you, you know, a little earlier before, you know, I start talking super slick is that, you know, I didn't have it good growing up. You know, dad weren't there. Mom didn't pay attention to me. You know, I'm the youngest of three, you know, two girls. And it was like, you know, the girls were the favorite. I just kind of got pushed to the side. So I had to do what I had to do to get mine. All right, so let's let's roll. So you had to do what you had to do to get yours. So I, I guess it comes back to that same scenario that, you know, you got something, that, a, a chip on your shoulder against the world. Um, yeah, one thing yeah. I would try to address, one thing I would try to address with you, and recently learning this for my own self accountability, um, I can't live in the past. One, I can't live in the experience of something that I made a decision on, and it didn't work out the best for me. 
because if you're still living in that moment, you will never progress forward. So now you have to get, uh, you know, to that point of, and we have to get to that point of that 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 moment that we made that decision. It doesn't define us. It defines the moment where we're, that was then. This is now. So if you're going to have that chip on your shoulder against the world, then after that 15 year bit that you just come home from doing it is only going to take you about two to three minutes before you get back there. You have to change your if you have to own your decision. You have to own whatever situation you was in. Yes, daddy wasn't there. You're the youngest of of, of two older sisters. Then guess what? None of that is going to change at the end of the day. 15, 20, 30 years from now, that will not change. You will still be the baby boy. Your father still was not present. But what are you going to do or what can what are you going to seek and long for to grow beyond your situation? What are you going to own in this? All right, I am the youngest. I got that. Well, Andre, I, I want to slow you up a little bit because I want to keep this conversational. And, and right now you're preaching to me. You didn't turn the brother off. <laughs> so let's take it back a little bit. Let's keep it conversational. I want you to talk to me. So go ahead, okay, same well, rap, but it, talk it, to it, me. I mean, you know, I I I am the youngest. I got that. Mm-hmm. What do you want too, out man. of life from being the youngest? What do you want? What kind oh, man, of? I got no problem what, with what being the youngest. For? I just wanted to get some respect okay. around the house. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Well, well, guess what? But you're the the greatest thing about that. You're the youngest. But you were the only boy, am I right? Yeah, yeah, but so that ain't mean born, nothing in you, my crib, you know what I'm saying? You were born a leader. It you were, yeah, you, were, you were definitely born a leader because you are the male child. I, it's not set up fair. Life is not fair, but you are a man. You are born a man. You are born and, and grow. You are born a boy, but you grow into manhood. So even at this point, you have some things and some choices that you got to make that I've had to make. Then it wasn't always easy. It's not always pretty, but you now have to walk into this manhood. Okay, I don't have my pops wasn't there, so I don't know how to do that. Well, it's well, about nah, the man, I'm good. I'm handling mine as a man. You know what I'm saying? I'm making my money, and you know these women out here, they be crazy. They be trying to act like a man nowadays. They be trying to tell you what to do, but I ain't for that, right? So you know, I'm be holding right, mine right. down, man. I'm a man. You know what I'm saying? So all right, so you're a man now. Are you happy with the last? 15 years you spent? What do you mean by happy? You're a man. You're doing your thing. Yeah. What yeah. you're doing now, it, it, are those things that you're doing now, would it would it result in another 15-year bit that you just told me you come home from? Okay, okay. Well, let me say this, Shorty, because I see where you're going with it. Nah, man, I didn't like being uptown for 15 years. It wasn't fun. You know what I'm saying? It ain't how I want to be. But you know what? What else Good. is out here for me? What else is out here for me? What I'm supposed to do? You, I can't you, get a job, man. Even if I did get a job, you got somebody telling you what to do and you ain't making no money. You know, I'm used to balling, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm used to having, you know, walking around cash of about $2,500. You know what I'm saying? Where am I going to get a job that's going to pay me like that, shorty? So, yeah, but I, I feel you well, because, no, nah, I didn't like that, and I don't want to go back to that. Well, I put, I put it to you like this. You definitely have the uh, intellect to run your own business, but if – to to be the greatest leader that you can be to employ somebody else so that you're not looking over your shoulders. Sometimes we got to start at the bottom to work our way through so we know what to do and what not to do. Sometimes we sit under bad leadership, and sitting under bad leadership in that business 
that that boss may get on your nerves, riding you for no reason, but it will make you be the better leader that once you're able to turn over that leave and get that loan and got after you've gotten yourself together and tried it this way to go to the bank to get a loan, you got your credit and everything in order from working from the bottom to the top, and you're now you're here and you are that leader that you can be because guess what? You've already tried what you're doing now. I'm just trying to challenge you to try something different. Yeah, it's going okay. to start off rough. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, you, you feel like everything in the world is against you, but you've already seen by trying it your way before what has gotten you for the past 15 years. You got kids. You don't want, you yeah, don't want to miss yeah. out another 15 years, and then when you come back, your kids are 30. They got gray hair. Right. You got grandchildren. Right. Okay. I, I hear you, man. I like them that. a legacy. Okay. Thanks, brother. All right, Andre, thank you, man. Um, because of time, I'm not going to go through all three because I don't think I'll be able to get through, you know, all nine. But, Andre, thank you, man. You know, because that's really – and, again, I call it value added, but we can hear people, you know, talk about what needs to be done. It's like politicians talk about what needs to be done. But mm-hmm. one of the things I remember when I was in the military was this. They broke everything down. Instead of talking about it, when you learn your task, you started off with task conditions and standards. You will, one, learn how to break down an M16A1 within 30 seconds. Two, you will learn how to break it down in 30 seconds blindfolded. Three, you will learn how to put it back together within 30 seconds. You, told, you knew up front what you were going to do, and then they told you exactly how to do it. They had what's called the walk, um, excuse me, the crawl, walk, and run phase. And, and so when I hear a lot of our contemporaries, you know, talk about what need to be done, rhetoric is rhetoric, and the rhetoric talks around the situation. Even if it gives good examples, or should I say, even if it gives good ideas, it don't say how to do it. And so that's what I wanted this to show, how to do it. This isn't the only way. There's, you're only limited by your imagination. But if you can start with something, then you can learn to branch out. If you're sitting there saying, you know, I like what they were saying, we need to do this, we need to do that, but how do I get started? You can get started by doing just what that scenario did. And then you can allow your imagination and your heart and God to move you into a different direction. Andre, thank you, man. I'm going to move on to the next brother. Who wants right. to come up next? Um, this is Ernie. Excuse me, I just got finished choking. Please right don't there. do that. No, no, I'm, I'm right. good. Ernie, does what's your to top be, three, man? Um, does it have to be just three? I have four. All right, I'm generous. Go ahead, I, give me four. Four. Fear, doubt, mm. disbelief, and procrastination. Mm. Okay, all right, all right. So I'm going to work with fear with you, okay? But before okay. I do that, I want you to tell me about your solutions to handling fear, doubt, disbelief, and procrastination. Go ahead and, you know, enlighten us on your plans. Well, well, first of all, I believe that in order for us to become self-masters of ourselves, that we must continually renew our minds and purse old things that no longer serve our higher good. So I am constantly in the process of 
seeing things within myself that I need to purge and replacing it with something of a more spiritual, positive, uplifting nature. Realizing also that we are energy, that we are infinite spiritual um, beings like God is. And so therefore mm-hmm. we vibrate at a frequency that knowing that you are vibrating at a frequency helps you to regulate that frequency by exercising mind, body, and spirit. All of these disciplines have to be implemented into ourselves for us to have a well-balanced within our lives. Realizing also that it is, we, it's not just us. All, each and every one of us on this planet is uniquely tied together because we are all of one mind. And so those three things should preclude any fear. If you continually exercise purging and renewing your mind with new information, constantly reading, not just taking the word of somebody, what you saw in the news, you know, we, you know, I have to keep going back to the phrase, our people suffer for lack of knowledge. They, you know, they, they, you know, we don't read. We just watch TV and look at what the media says. That's the race consciousness. But that's based on what the media is feeding you. Realizing that the government is in control of everything that's going on in the world. They have all kinds of cover-ups. We could be being flambeed and bamboozled. We don't, we don't realize it. That we are caught up in a, a system of things that's not to our benefit. And so we become, that becomes our reality. And so when we exercise the ability to recognize that I have control of my reality because what I do, how I am, and what I say, if I'm in, in integrity, and if I am in the will of God in, by walking and, and moving, I filter everything in my life through, through that, that cosmic you know, microscope because I, I don't want it to come back and bite me later. And also because God has matured me uh, about me being in my in my late forties, um, He's given me enough experience in my life to understand where I am now. I've been through the drug thing. I've been through that. Once you go down a road and you know where it leads, if you keep going down that road, then you're asking for those consequences. And if that's how you choose to live your life, uh, more power to you. You know, you can have it because I don't have time for nonsense. And that's what you have to do. You have to actually make a a committed intention in your life that you are going to live your life the way you feel that you want to live, not the way the world is telling you that you are supposed to be, you know. And that only happens by practicing spiritual practices. It also does uh, happen by reading and continuing to educate yourself is also a good thing to put yourself around like-minded people like that who are also in that mindset because that's what radiates and magnifies your radiance, your vibration. And, it, and you can't help but attract that into your life. That's how I, that's how I see it. <laughs> you know, okay. it's, uh, All right. So Ernest, here's our yeah. situation, man. Like I say, um, with you, we're going to go with fear. All right. And so here's the thing. I catch you downtown, and I push you into an alley, and I pull a gun on you. Give me your money. You can see in my face that I may not necessarily be about this life. You can see the doubt in my face. You can see my hands shaking. You can see my knees kind of shaking. This may be my first time. You don't know. 
But you can see, I don't look like a seasoned stick-up kid. Go. Okay. I'm going to give you my watch. I'm going to give you my money. I'm going to give you my necklace. Even though you know I don't have a necklace on, I'm going to give it to you. Because if this means more to you than my life, mm-hmm. I'll be gladly part of it. You know, I believe that when you store up treasures in the world of worldly things, then that's what your life becomes. But I don't. I store up treasures, treasures in heaven. I, I believe in being of spirit. I, uh, I Oh, I recently saw this movie called War Room. The lady, mm-hmm. that's exactly what the guy stuck her up. And she was she like, She didn't no. give him anything. And she that's kind of what him. I was looking for from you. She didn't give him anything. I would have gave him some lit, but I, 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 not like that. Well, really and, and and see, it don't have to be lit. But, I mean, give the brother something. I, I'm not against you giving him everything. I'm not saying fight with the guy. I'm not even saying trying to change his mind. But at least offer right. up a prayer to the guy, for the guy. You know, and right. it could be a and silent prayer because he's yeah. operating off of fear. And you could see this is his first – well, it, like I say, as far as you know, it may not be his first time. But you can see in his face he on the fence. I right. set that, screen up, that scenario up for you. This is a nervous guy. You know, you might feel comfortable saying something to him. You might not. But at the bare minimum, let's do a prayer for the guy. Let's do a silent prayer for the guy. Even if you give him your wallet, your watch, your necklace. You know, but that's at least offer him a solid prayer. And like you said, with the war room, now in the war room, her mindset was one of God got me. He who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide on the spirit of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. So she was protected because in her mind it couldn't be any other way. Everybody's not at that, and I don't expect everybody to be at that. So at the bare minimum – at least we can and, – and, and, and it, it, it could be a stretch for us because in that moment we fear for our lives, but then after we're angry because this person just took advantage of us. All of that prayer. As I said, Harvey, when he's, when he's robbing me, and I'm saying to him, my, my brother, I would gladly give up all that I have, but please, I, I value my life. And if you value this stuff more than – my life, please take it. I, I give you all. I don't. I just don't want to. I just want to go home to my wife and daughter. And please. And then I will. I, that's my prayer to him. Is that I hope that this serves you. Whatever you need this for, I hope this serves you because it ain't serving me right now. That you can have it. I mean, that's kind of like a backwards. But I'm. It's, it's. It's more of a psychological thing because I'm letting him know that I. I don't. I value my life way more than stuff. So you're not going to get any kind of. Problem for me, but that means that you can just relax. Look, yeah, just relax. I'm looking through square in the eye, and I'm gonna, you know, I might even say, Billy, is that you? You know, just just fuck with him, you know. But um, <laughs> please don't I, say I, that I, on the air. <laughs> you, you know, but I mean, sometimes that you know that those things, those kind of things can can happen. You might actually recognize it. You never know. Okay, but we um, we was always vigilant. And realizing that there's nothing more important than the flame which resides in us, and so if it means giving up the goodies for right now, hey, I, you know, I, I'll I'll give him a glass because I realize just like Job had everything taken he ever had, and he was, you know, he he kept his mind stayed on God. He realized well, that. Ernie, he I'm gonna I'm I'm give you another scenario, and, and I go I know where you're going, and and I get that, but that offers nothing to that brother. 
that offers that's nothing true, to the brother. And that's what we're looking for. What can we do? So I'm going to give you another scenario. I'm 10 years old, and I'm in the library after school, okay? And I come sit down next to you. When I sit down, my shirt rises up, and you see I got a pistol in my in my um, waistband. I start reading my book. What do you do? If it's probably a situation where he just feel like he needs to protect himself or bullying or whatever, I'm going to leave him alone. If he's not causing any problems. But you don't know what the situation is because all you know is he sat down next to you and he got a pistol. Let's have this conversation. Then to be out there committing crimes with the guy. If he wasn't, you know, I don't try to control people's lives. That's what God does. He gives us choice. Ernie, we're not asking you to control anybody's life, but what's the conversation you had with this guy? Again, I'm 10 years old. Conversation I might say was, excuse me, son, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. How old are you? Well, hold on. Don't speak my part, man. (laughs) (laughs) We we having a conversation. (laughs) It's a scenario. I'm the 10 year old. All right, Ernie, so go ahead. Yes, we can talk. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I'm not trying to get in your business or anything, young man, but mm-hmm. I haven't you got like a, a you know, some heat up underneath your shirt. Yeah. People been messing with me in school. Okay. Do you do you think that that's really the answer? I mean, you know, uh, evil begets evil, you know that, right? I don't I even mean, know what that means. That means that means that if you bring evil if you bring the noise, the noise will come. You know what but I, I mean? didn't bring you, the noise. Are... They were picking with me. I just don't want to be picked on. They bullied me. They took my tennis shoes. They take my lunch money. I just don't want to be picked but, on. But, but are they, did they take your life? Your, your tennis shoes and your lunch money can be replaced, right? Well, no, I can't. Man, not... we poor. I, I'm it's wearing old real... tennis shoes now. See these holes? See how my toes coming out of the hole here? Because I had those were brand new tennis shoes. I just got them. Now I got to go back to wear these again. Yeah, but those those tennis shoes are holy. Those are better than the other ones. They have the spirit of God in them. They're holy. <laughs> well, you get a laugh out of me. <laughs> you get ten years old, you're gonna laugh at what I'm saying. But the, the, what I, the point <laughs> the point I'm really trying to make, young man, is that is your life is taking your life worth com, compare? Can you compare that to having your lunch money taken? I mean, really, it's. I mean that's it. Your lunch money is a, a momentary dis, you know, dis, uh, momentary uh, whatever, a momentary bad feeling in your life. But mm-hmm. taking someone, mm-hmm. you would you would never ever recover from that. And I hate. I don't see, really want to shoot know, nobody, man. I don't want to shoot that. There's not even any bullets in it. I just don't want them messing with me. Yeah, but again, what you're doing is you're inviting them to retaliate. If they think that you have a gun and and you don't use it, oh, don't pull a gun at a knife fight because you're gonna get shot. Smell I mean, cut. Smell if you don't have no bullets. All I'm trying to say, son, is that I'm sure if your mother and father were here, they would probably tell you the same thing. And I'm uh, I'm old enough to be able to to recognize fear in young man, but I also don't want you to ruin your rest of your life based on fear. Because fear is a temporary emotion, and it changes from moment to moment. So even though you feel the one way now, 10, 15 minutes from now, you may feel completely different. But it only takes 30 seconds to ruin your life. So what am I supposed to do? What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to go to the authorities. You're supposed to go to the people in charge who can do things about this. You know, I told most my teacher she won't do nothing. Well, you can you can – Call the police if you have to. If you feel your life is threatened, 
you as a citizen have a right to call the police and bring them involved. Maybe get some sort of truancy uh, uh, program. Or, I don't know. I can't answer the questions for you. I don't have all the answers. But I do know one thing is that if you go that route of becoming a thug and trying to, you know, pop a cap at somebody's butt, that's not going to get you anywhere in your life. And if you ever want anything for your life, if you want to be able to buy your mom a house or be able to buy yourself a house or be able to be happy and not be all caught up in the prison system and being incarcerated and going through the system, through the cycle, too many of our people are, are going through that right now. You see the, you see the, the damages causing but I ain't got no bullets in here. I shouldn't get locked up. I ain't shoot nobody. Yeah, how, how you're 10 years old, and it's illegal to carry a firearm when you're 10. I don't know if you knew that or not, but, yeah, that's that's the law. So if you get I caught with it. don't think I thought about it. If you get caught with it, they're going to they're gonna prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law, then they cannot send you. I'm not sure I know what prosecute mean, mister. It means, it means that you're going down, either way you look at it, whether you have bullets or not. It doesn't. The bullets are not what make the crime. It's a you ten year old carrying a a, a, un, a loaded, uh, unlicensed firearm. You do know what firearm means, don't you? I know what firearm means. Yes, it's this gun I okay. got. Right, and like I said, you know, you don't want to be. You don't recall that. Then you then you have a grandmother used to tell you that you are judged by the company that you keep. If you keep in a Smith and Wesson, you know how people see you. They see you as trying to be a hard, hard ass, a thug, and they're going to. My grandmother carries a gun in her purse. Your grandmother everywhere we go, and she has a she has a a license, and she's old enough to to carry. No, she is. She's over eighteen. She's your grandma. Now, how old is your grandma? Seventeen. I don't know how old she is. She's old. Okay, listen, son. Do you value your life? Don't you want to be yeah. around and go to school and go to the prom and, you know, see your best yeah, friend get nice. married? Yeah, that's not going to happen if you carry yourself like a thug at 10 years old. I guarantee you, you're, you're going one of three places. You're going to go, you're going to be dead, you're going to be in jail, or you're going to be in some sort of mental institution. I don't I, like any I'm of speaking, those. I, I'm speaking from experience, son. I, I came very close to to uh, I did I did go to jail and I came very close to being institutionalized for myself for my were you carrying my, a gun? I, I wasn't carrying a gun. I was carrying something worse. I was driving under the influence driving. I was I was driving a, a car which is like a loaded weapon when you got an act behind the wheel. Mm. Or you can do people. I can kill like lots of people. Cause damage everything. So I mean yeah you know it's, you really can't compare the two. And I'm not trying to make light of your situation. I really am not. I've been there. You know, fear can make you do some crazy things. But that's what it is, fear. You yeah, must I recognize just want them it. to leave me alone. I don't mess with them. They shouldn't pick with me. I tell you what, let me, I tell you what, mm-hmm. I, I like to go there with you and, and talk to these guys. Can would I do you do that? that? Yeah. I would do that. You do that? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, mister. You're all right. No problem, no problem. Yeah, all right, home, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you, Ernie. I, I know I drilled you there, but thank you, man. <laughs> all right. King T, you're up. King? 
He may be on mute. Yeah, I got it now. Okay. You said there was All right, a question sir, your top you three, or if you have more than three like Ernie, you can give me whatever you have. <laughs> top three what? Your top three issues facing the black community, particularly black men. Okay, control of our emotions. Mm-hmm. Our spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And knowing your authority and who is the author of your life. Okay. And with those, what would be your solution for the three before we get into our scenario? In order to grasp hold of your life, you have to understand and know that you create your own reality. And every decision that you make cause the path for what your future is going to turn out to be. And so you could definitely have to have a prayer life and recognize that there's a power greater than you and me. But when we tap into that power, we become that power and we become great because of that. And, and I, I just want to mention, um, you know, um, in 2014, we um, I put forth a uh, a prayer for the city of Baltimore, um, a blast on Facebook, and we've only prayed for like 15 minutes on Thursday at eight o'clock sharp. And I tell you, when we look back at the statistics, the power of prayer indicated that the city's lowest number of murders was in 2014 when we did that power of prayer and that was the lowest number since 1972 mm. you know they did something like that in dc they had a lot of prayer warriors come together this was you know some decades back when dc was really off the hook but they did something like that they came together and they prayed and you know the murder rate down there in dc had dropped off tremendously because of it so you know that's that's good because, you know, that's proof right there that prayer works. Definitely. So, King, are you ready to get into our scenario? Um, I've, been, I've been born ready for what I hear. <laughs> okay. So we're going to deal with authority. I, I need you to help me find my way. I am a local celebrity. I am the singer in a popular band within the state that we live in. And so every night I'm sleeping with a different girl. I don't even know who she's going to be. Sometimes it might be three or four. And so you just happen to be at the club that I performed at. And so you're sitting at the bar. I come over to the bar. I'm already high, and I'm just looking to get higher and have sex tonight. So I come over to the bar. You can see my eyes is glazed. You can see I'm already ill. I sit down next to you, and I look around. And I see a chick and I tap you, I can hit that. Your turn. Let's go. Well, that's good for you, bro. But what's it to you? Oh, man, it's nothing to me, man. None of these women are anything to me. I just roll right through them. You know what, partner? Yeah. I can hook you up tonight, man. 
we can both have fun, man. I got some, you know, more of this stuff up in my room. We get like three forties, take them up there, and up to it, man. You down? Yeah, my question to you though is how you living? I'm living large, man. I get paid to do what I love. You know, I stay high. I have sex all the time. Man, you know, I'm living large. That sounds like you're missing something to me, bro. Missing what, man? I got it all. No, really? Yeah, man. You know, I got two more gigs tomorrow night. You know, by the end of the week, I done made almost 30 grand. I get to sleep all day long, man. This is beautiful. Oh, man, it's about the life. It's about the life, man. The money, the women, the drugs. (laughs) And I ain't even made it big time yet. You wait till my album, you you wait till my my music come out. Let me tell you something. Uh Uh-huh. Let me tell you something, for real. Life, man, ain't nothing about what you just talked about. Man, that's all life is about. Nah, I've been there, done that. And I'm telling you, man, you're hollow. Now, I ain't trying to be offensive to you, but I'm just mm-hmm. giving you what I know, all right? Because this is what's up. You are after something that will never be satisfied because what you're trying to fill can't be filled on the path that you're walking. Man, it's a beautiful path know. that I'm walking. Yeah, well, some people are blind and don't see. Hmm. Like I said, I ain't trying to offend you, bro. But I'm telling you one thing right now. Living is more about what you're giving than what you get. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I was going to give you a good time, bro. But I'm guessing maybe you ain't interested. Yeah, yeah, that ain't my flavor, man. Been there, done that. Right now, what I'm feeling is a joy that I can't get from no place else but what's from within me. Oh, yeah? What's that about, man? What kind of drug you on? I already done the drugs. I done tried everything that I can out here. And what I found out is that my spirit needs to be fed daily. And all of this other stuff left me hollow, but no more. Now, you want to carry your journey, and you want to continue where you are. That's your choice. But I've already made my decision, because I've already experienced where you've been. And when you come to find out that what I'm saying to you is real, you need to drop on your knees and go ahead and talk to the creator of everything, because You're not running your life right now. You're being controlled, and you have no idea how or who. Being controlled? I call all the shots, man. All the shots. Like I said, the blind sometimes don't recognize they can't see. What is it I can't see, brother? What is it that you see that I don't see? Enlighten me. My brother, you are walking a path that you will find is not bringing you the satisfaction that you think it will. (laughs) 
Right now, you're satisfying the flesh, my man. And mm-hmm. you got flesh you is got real happy more. right now. Yeah, but the flesh don't last, bro. There's so much more to life than just the flesh. So the flesh is gonna fail you. And when that time that's comes, why I'm trying to get it all out of the way now before it fail me. Okay. And then what? I don't know. Yeah. I ain't thought that far. Well, I mean, I only think until far. my buzz way off. Once I start to get a little sober, then I'm just thinking about how I can get high again. I don't know about all the rest of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about getting high again. And again, and again. You're wasting your time, man. I'm going to tell you this here. Mm-hmm. It's better for you, instead of spending your time, invest your time, and making yourself a wise man. For what does that even mean, man? What does that what even that mean? mean? Yeah. Like I, like I said earlier, life ain't about what you're getting. It's about what you're Brother, getting. Brother, hold on one second. I'm about to light this up. You want some of this? Can't do I'm it, sorry, bro. Go ahead. I'm listening to you. You want some of this, man? Can't do it. All right. I'm listening to you, bro. Go ahead. How empty how do you feel right now? You don't even feel it, do you? I don't feel anything right now, man. Uh, I don't feel nothing. And you must, you show, you show to me that you're numbing yourself from something. Can you share with me what's holding you back from who you really are? Ooh, man, that's a deep question. I don't even know, man, for real. My head's spinning so much, I don't even know. Well, listen up, bro. Listen, here's my number, right? Mm-hmm. My name is King. My name is King. What's your name? That's a cool name, man. That's really your birth What's name, your man? That's a cool name. Yeah, 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 true that. True that. Okay, okay. You need to give me a call, bro, so we can go ahead and wrap. When your head's clear, because, see, like I said, I've been where you are. Uh-huh. I know what you're feeling. But when you come down, yesterday... It's going to turn around and do the same thing over again to you. And you've got control of your own life if you just listen to what spirit is saying to you. Right now, flesh is doing all the talking. And after a while, Mm. flesh ain't going to be doing none of the walking. That's some deep stuff, bro. That's some deep stuff. I'll give you a holler, man, you know. I give you a holler, man, because I, I like that, bro. You know, my old man used to talk stuff like that before he died, man. And you know, I used to—I was a young kid then. You know, I used to sit down on the floor next to his leg, and you know, he'd be telling me stuff like this. And you know, you know, but you know, things happen, man. And I like that, man. I like that stuff you putting down. But you know what? I'm gonna give you a holler right now. I'm gonna go put her down. Just be careful, because there's a lot of tricks out here. And when I say that, I mean the ones that trap you in a situation you wish you could get out of. So give me your digits, too, just in case I need to give you a call, all right? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm going to call you with my cell phone right now, man. All right, man. All right. All right. Now, do hey, you, man. But stay. Thanks, bro. All right, King. Thank you, man. Thank you. Real conversational. You got in there. Okay. All right, and so guys, it, it, this thing again, because we we come across a lot of 
a lot of different kind of situations in our life, you know, and sometimes we really are wondering what to do, and we're only limited by our imagination. But there's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of pain going on out there, and a lot of people who aren't willing or aren't going to try to seek any kind of counseling, but they just need to be heard. They need to be understood, and they need to be loved. And sometimes all it takes is just one step, just one step, you know, someone to make an effort in their favor. And if they hear the right thing sounding the right way to their ears, they're willing to open up, and we can make the difference. We can make the difference. And sometimes, you know, all we need to do is, like you said, King, just pray for people. Just pray for them. We don't even have to have that interaction that you guys had in these three scenarios. Just pray for them. Ernie mentioned seeing the movie The War Room. You know, in The War Room, this older lady was teaching the real estate lady uh, about how to work with her marriage without trying to change her husband. It wasn't her job to try to change her husband. It was her job to put it in God's hands. Pray. Prayer changes things. Prayer works. Amen. Guys with that, uh huh. Go ahead, Ernie. As I hear you, brother, go ahead and preach, bro. I'm not gonna break out preaching, but I, I want to yeah. get into this third and final segment here. And in this segment, you know, I want to know what's on you guys' mind. And if there's anything y'all want to ask me, go ahead and ask me. But I want to know what's on your mind. What do you think or what do you feel when you turn on the news and you hear that a cop shoots somebody at a traffic stop and the person was completely unarmed? Or when you're talking to your buddies and they're talking about another breakup and every breakup, it seems to be the same thing. It's as if they keep dating the same girl over and over again. The only thing changed is her name and how she looks. But the breakup is always the same thing, and they can't see the part that they're playing in it. Or, you know, when you see that the unemployment rate of black men, and the reason, there's a reason why I keep going to black men. You know, there's a reason why, because... There's a lot of programs, and over the year that this station has been on the air, I've had a lot of wonderful women come on and talk about all these wonderful programs, but 99.5% of them have been for women. And yet when I see you know, the gangs, the number of women in the gangs is small compared to the men. When I hear about the number of brothers being incarcerated, the number of brothers who got incarcerated compared to the women who got incarcerated are small. So I keep bringing it back to the brothers because they're in dire straits. They're in need of some spiritual solutions in their lives. So I want to turn it over to you guys, and each of you guys have, you know, this station right now is your platform to talk about what you think, what you feel, and what you would like to see. And if you're doing anything, if you've got any programs going on, what you're doing or what you'd like to create. If you don't have a program, who wants to step up first? Anybody? Well, I just want to say, man, it's like, you know, on the real realm, it's mm-hmm. about love and forgiveness. That's what, that's what this life is all about. It is really about love and forgiveness. And people, I, okay, I have, a, I have an organization called the Souls 
the souls of life society. And okay. the mission for the souls of life society is harmonizing the unity needed for black organizations to thrive so that humanity can survive. And that's pretty deep. It is. And the real deal is this. We have to recognize and understand that in the living that we have, it's about our giving, man. It's like love is the real deal. And you have to feel that within yourself and know that it exists. But in order for love to manifest itself as it should, you have to recognize, first and foremost, that you've got to love yourself for who you were created to be. And who you were created to be is more than what you could possibly imagine because your life is about spiritual growth. That's why the souls, the souls of life society, it's about the lives that recognize that life is connected to love. You know, many people try to measure another person's spiritual growth, but it's not about you trying to measure anybody else. It's about you dealing with you. And your spiritual growth is demonstrated by the character traits that you exhibit in your interpersonal relationships, how you show compassion, how you show tolerance and openness and gratitude to people and the way in which people respond to you. You have to act with honesty, sincerity. You have to act with responsibility, demonstrating the higher levels of consciousness that you have been sent here to give because it's all about sharing who we are because we all are one. And if we don't grasp that, humanity falls apart. And that's what we see right now. That's what we're experiencing right now. When that cop comes and shoots that boy in that car just because of his fear, he's not showing love. He wasn't taught how. He's not controlling his emotions because no one taught him how to go about doing that. When a brother's out there looking and trying to satisfy his flesh because he feels as though what it is is about, you know, popping it off and don't give no consideration to that spiritual being that God put on this planet because of the preciousness that she is. He's missing something. And he devalues himself when he devalues the gift of God that is upon the planet because he doesn't recognize that he is the gift in his own right. There's a lot to be handled in this world, and we're here to do it. And I would appreciate this kind of conversation so that we can bring this stuff to the table and really address the issues because it's all about cultural character. Recognize who you are. Recognize the depths of the reality that you are the founders of this world in and of itself. The white man, in essence, came from you. You, in essence, is his father. And you're not taking the responsibility that you should because you've been played with 
to believe you have no authority. Time for us to wake up. Wow. Wow. I want to piggyback on that. Um, absolutely. And people, that was absolutely. King who we just heard from, and this is Ernie that's coming in now. Go ahead, Brother Ernie. Actually, this is Andre. But <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Andre. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, the basis, I, 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 the basis of anything, the basis of every relationship has to start with love. God created this us out of love. Um, and piggybacking on, on the last tail end of that, the, the, we are the creation that was made by the ultimate Creator out of love. But all the pieces matter. When we realize that as a humanity, as one voice, one sound, one race, um, and I mean one race, under, uh, basically, that was created out of love that God created. He created this, and I, and I cannot emphasize on love en- enough, is because we've spent too far long being divided as humanity, as mankind. And when we can understand where we come from and whose we are and who we belong to and the reason why we are here, then then that situation can change. That cop doesn't look at uh, a skin color. That cop doesn't profile um, a man or, or young woman nowadays by the car that they drive just because they come from a particular neighborhood that is known for uh, suspicious activity. And we have to do the work within ourselves to allow the love and the grace and the mercy that God bestow upon us each and every day to be effectively, effectuously, continuously contagious. And it only can be effectively contagious to others that we come in contact with on a daily basis if we understand the love that God has given us and loving ourselves and root ourselves in the relationship with Christ by following his commandments. And, and, and when I say about following his commandments, doing the simplest things as loving thy neighbor as you love yourself. Husbands, loving thy wives as Jesus Christ loves the church. Just simply just loving, caring, going out of your way for, not looking for something in return, not not looking to leave a IOU just because you gave a brother a ride to work and now you know, you you looking for that payback from that brother it or that sister that you helped out. It's a reason you having a secret or a hidden agenda because you're doing something for somebody, and that's what we've been doing for so long, looking for the payback, looking for um, something back for what we do, and that's that's just bothering, really. But if we can get to that point and get to that understanding within ourselves to just just love. And to keep that commandment going and to realize and identify the choices that we have made, the identities that we have taken on of other people, the personas that we have adopted that was not our own, then we can do that. But that base starts with the relationship with with God. All right. Andre, thank you very, very much, man. You guys are putting out some really powerful information. And Ernie, Ernie, we're getting some feedback from you. Ernie? Yeah. 
we're getting feedback from you. Can you clear that line? Okay. Uh, this better? Uh, actually, you sound kind of funny. Guys, can you hear Ernie? Can you hear Ernie? Like was Andre, Andre was talking. My 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 call there went we out, and I called I called back in. Oh no, we have you clearly now. Thank you. Okay, so okay, uh, let's let's hear from you, man. You know, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? You know, when you see and hear what's going on in the world of effects. Okay, I believe that there are two worlds. There's the world of effects. And there's the spiritual world. And every physical manifestation has a spiritual of a problem, my bad, has a spiritual solution. This is the premise of this entire show. <laughs> so keeping that in mind, everybody has been, all the panelists have been saying basically the spiritual truth, that we are spiritual beings and that we should try to solve our our problems by going through spiritual means, by going through uh, the supernatural, because if the natural is not working, then you must, you know, attain and enlighten yourself to the, the, the what was left. Um, I believe that God has put us in a situation right now where we have to use all that we are to overcome our problems. We have to lean on God more and more and more for the solution of our daily, everyday problems, believing and trusting and believing that he has our back and that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. This is the truth that the world doesn't show you, that the world shows you that, you know, indeed, you know, things do hurt you and you do go through hurt, you know, but the but the, the fact of the matter is that I believe that everything that, that all the spiritual wisdom that I have gained in the last several years through my experiences, as well as through my learning and reading. and uh, You can't really truly call something yours unless you've experienced it for yourself. You can repeat what you heard and maybe intelligently give it back to me, but it's not yours until you live through it, until you have the experience. And so my experiences, thank God, has brought me to the point where I'm able to be uh, a guide, a light, an ambassador of truth, uh, spiritual truth, to those who are who are still in the darkness. Um, I am constantly trying to unplug um, the ears and the eyes of people who are in the world who see me and hear what I what I talk um, by walking it. And letting them see it through, you know, my actions. I have nothing. I am very completely transparent. You know, I just recently read a book to um, elevate my thinking. The book is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And uh, basically the four agreements are just uh, ideas that we can agree to, like the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are a set of, like, guidelines that we can either agree to or not agree to. You can choose to love everybody the way you love yourself. You can choose to, you know, to, to, to not murder. You can choose to not lie, you know, but these are all agreements. So the, the agreements in this book are, uh, the first one is being with your word because your word is all you have. 
can't anyone take that away from you. Okay, but if your word doesn't mean anything because it's, you know, it's not consistent or it's not truthful, then that has consequences that you must live with. The second agreement is to don't take, never take anything personally, which I talk to a lot of people about, and that's probably one of the hardest things that people have a problem with is not taking things personally. People take everything personally, everything, everything. You hear what I'm saying? Look, it's terrible, but if you practice that, if you choose to practice that, that the things that go on to you aren't because of you, it's because of the people that you're dealing with and their their issues. Uh, my brother King, when I saw him in church one day, he said the reason why people have issues is because it's you. The play on words, issue, issue. <laughs> so he's right. You know, we all we have to be responsible. We have to be accountable. We have to be transparent. We must be impeccable with that word. The third agreement is um, never assume anything. How many times do you have you been in a situation where something happened? You just naturally, your mind naturally went to uh, a conclusion, whether it was positive or negative, but you assumed. You know, you took it upon yourself to assume this was going to happen, and it didn't. It didn't. It ended up not being the way you thought it was going to be. So if you don't do that, then you don't set yourself up for failure. You always keep yourself open to possibilities, which is what God tells us in His Word that we are. We are, you know, everything is possible through, through Christ. So we must continually educate ourselves. We can't use make excuses. We have to let go of that which no longer serves us. Cannot continue to procrastinate. We cannot continue. This is not uh, dress rehearsal, boys and girls. This is real life. Okay, we have somebody has to step up and take the ball. Okay, I understand you have issues and circumstances and problems, and I feel you. I really feel your situation. But for those of us who are able, we everybody, you know, as many of us as we can, need to take it, take a stand. You know, we have to be the change that we want to see. In the world, bottom line, period. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> all right, Ernie. Great. I just want to say that you guys really, really knocked it out of the box tonight. Thank you. You were a hit. They love you. <laughs> if I may add, um, one of the things that I think is important um, is to recognize that each one of us, man, woman, child, we all have within us spiritual power. And that spiritual power gives us moral strength that will enable us to rise above all negative tendencies and thoughts. In observing that, and living that, meditating on that, that in turn empowers us to develop the betterment that's necessary for our communities. We, um, on Father's Day, uh, this is this would be my third year doing this um, through spirit because God's presence is everywhere, all the time. And the thing for us to recognize and understand 
power of God, knowing that God is where you are, that automatically pushes negativity away. But you have to stay focused on that recognition. I, I oftentimes use the expression um, of when I talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, I say in that mm-hmm. movie, people's focus was always on Freddy Krueger. So mm-hmm. if you went to sleep, Freddy Krueger was going to sneak you and he won't get you. This is the same thing that's happening in our world today. You can't focus on the negative because you do that, it's bound to get you caught up in something. But when you focus on the positive and you stay focused on the power of what spirit can do for you, all that negativity will peel away. So on Father's Day, what, um, what, what I was led to do is to have a prayer where I called the brothers of the city together. And we meditate and pray for 15 minutes at the, three, what to say, at the ninth hour, which is at 3 o'clock. We pray for 15 minutes straight. But what we do is because it's necessary to have balance, we ask that they bring all the female energy in their family with them so that the female energy surrounds us as we are inside a prayer circle of the women who are praying for this transformation, for this place in which we are. The vibration and the energy that that manifests develops a frequency to break down the darkness and this dark cloud that is hovering over our city. And I know it's going to work. But the thing is, is to stay focused on it and stay vigilant so that you can make it happen and being consistent with your your prayer life, being consistent with understanding and knowing that you have come into this world with spiritual power already inside of you because that spiritual power is God. And God is all, and you are connected to everything. And all you have to do is recognize you have the authority to manifest that spiritual power to bring the change that's necessary in this world. All right, King, thank you. We are going to go to a song, and then when we come back, closing thoughts. Does your heart ache to tell the truth about me?
joyful. This is God work we're up to, you and I. So keep on...
created the world and all was good and many of us would think that the world is not good but there's the world of the effects and there's the world of the absolute God is all there is God is the only presence and God is the only power God is always available to you all times and always and though tonight we talked about finding a spiritual solution for problems facing black men. Those problems are facing all of humanity because there's only one race, and that's the human race. And as the human race, we are subject to universal laws. And as scientists have found in the 100 monkey syndrome, where when so many monkeys had reached and knowledge of how to do something that monkeys in other parts of the world, completely far-reaching and unconnected to them, learned how to do it. It is the same thing with human beings because there's only one mind. We all share the same consciousness. We're all connected. You are me and I am you. We are all one. And though we don't understand it because we can't see it, physically we believe what we see physically. We believe that this shell, this body that we are in, is who we are. Not understanding that as Brother King and Brother Andre mentioned, we are three-part beings. And so for those parts that you can't see, they are all connected. We are all connected. We are all joined. So if you've listened to this show tonight and you're wondering what you can do, what can you do to... Find a spiritual solution, it begins with you. You need go no further than yourself. Love yourself. And as you love yourself, that love will emanate from you into people who you come in contact with. Find your own spiritual prayers, your spiritual practices. Love is all there is. And it is the illusion of the opposite of love which many have learned to be hate, but it's truly fear. It's only love and fear. Everything else is a derivative of those. Wherever you find hate, hate has its basis in fear. It's only love and fear. Which do you choose? God is all there is. God is everywhere all the time. All you have to do is decide what it is you want 
hand it up to God and take your hands off of it and stop trying to control it and stop saying it must happen this way. It doesn't have to happen your way. You know, again, I, I go back and I often tell stories about being in the military, but I go back to my infantry years and there was one thing we learned in basic training. It was called commander's intent. This is where you're given the mission and it's up to you to accomplish the mission. You don't have a set way to do it. You know what the commander's intent is. So if the mission is to take such and such hill, it doesn't matter how you take the hill, take the hill. So let's turn that to a spiritual concept. You want to find the love of your life. But in your mind, it must happen this way. You've got to do these things because of all the things that you've bought into over your life. And the person must look and be a certain way. And then someone shows up who didn't come to you the way you expected and don't look anything like you expected. Yet everything else is perfect. Even what you're feeling is right. But the person didn't show up the right way, and they don't look the right way. God gave you a gift, and because it didn't show up the way you egotistically wanted it to, you have a problem with it. Get out of your own way. All you need to do is love yourself and figure out what it is you choose to experience in this world and allow God to do the rest. So family, as always, it's been a pleasure having you on Gentlemen, any closing remarks from you, anything you want to promote, anything you want to leave my listeners with tonight before we sign out? Harvey, if I may, just real quick, I just want to say um, that no matter race, creed, or color, every man comes to a place to where your name is Harvey, Andre's name is Andre, Ernie's name is Ernie, but when you have a child, your name changes to Father. So for this, I say, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. So the name is Father. So when we think on that, we say, going to Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name, Father, would humble themselves, because we know fathers can be very arrogant, humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. I want people to think about that. Think what will happen when fathers just decide to do that, no matter the creed, no matter the race. Thank you, King. Anyone else with any closing thoughts before I sign off? Yeah, this is Ernie. I like to quote from one of my favorite authors, Ralph, Ralph Waldo Anderson, who said, and I quote, It's not the road that lies before us, nor the road that lies behind us that's important, but it's what lies within us. And with that, I'm out. All right. Hey, I say. Anything you want to share? Absolutely. I just uh, first want to say um, thank I thank God for the opportunity to to this space in this time. Everything is predestined at the beginning of time. He saw us here as we head to to the end of time. But um, the best thing, the, the I mean, both of these brothers pretty much 
all in my in my head and in my thoughts on what I was going to say. But the, the the one point I want to is that we need to, if we could just remember that we have an obligation to the Father's will, and if we continue to be about our Father's business first, um, all everything else must fall into place because his word will never fail. His plan is already perfect. He created us in his own image. So we were born originals. So there's no need for our, our young men to continue to try to be something else. Simply put, we're born originals. There's no reason for us to die a cheap copy. All right. Thank you, Andre. All right. So what you become is up to you. Now, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but if it's the game of life you want to win, you must take time to go within. Good night, family. Namaste. Ashe.